Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Audio Frontier. Hello, and welcome to the inaugural Wrestling Dafties. I'm your host, Big Alex, a name I inherited from my substantial Twitter following. And we're here today to break down the month of September in professional wrestling. With me, as ever, are my... Fellow Mark, first of all, a man hailing from Larbert, who's recently recovered from a little bit of a fish pie emergency. It's Wrestling Daft's equivalent to Kevin Dunn, producer John. Hey, yeah, the fish pie was pretty poor, actually. An update on the fish pie from the Marks on Tuesday. It was a poor fish pie in terms of my fish pie standards. Usually, I've got a really high standard of fish pie. This was poor, but I put it down to the fact that I cook the fish from defrost uh, from, from being uh, frosted up so it was very watery so see those standards uh, do you record those standards on a pie chart <laughs> but yeah it was a poor fish pie so just top fish pie tip don't cook it from frozen um, defrost your fish the fish is defrosted or you'll get a liquid fish pie excellent I'm glad we got that update and, yep. and of course the man who you've just heard, the man who actually does have a substantial Twitter following. It's one of Scotland's favourite journalists, Inside the Ropes lead writer, Gary Cassidy. Substantial, but we'll not talk about the quality of the people involved on now. <laughs> <laughs> Bye. Um, I, do, good fun. I do like your weekly rant of someone who's offended you in some way on Twitter. It's always quite good. <laughs> that's, the, that's the times we're living. So it's been a bit of a busy month here in September. We've had WWE continuing a strong streak of pay-per-views. We've had AEW potentially floundering with their first big show. NXT has been testing the waters of Super Tuesdays, and we've even had the beginnings of the G1 Climax. And now they're all officially under review. So we don't often agree on things on this podcast, be it WWE's questionable storytelling, NXT's love of false finishes, AEW's indie style, or Impact's commentary. I am looking directly at you, Joshua Matthews. <laughs> so, in the spirit of fairness, I am going to take the role of judge, jury, and executioner, and of these two honorable marks, convince me that their opinion is the most valid. So, we're going to be breaking down the best moments, wrestlers, matches in the business from this month, and giving out some very, very special, but thoroughly meaningless awards. So, let's get down to it, gents. Let's get down to it. Let's jump straight back in with the best match of September 2020. Let's jump straight to you, John. What have you got for us? I'm going very recently. Um, Clash of Champions on Sunday there. Um, you, you'll see it in my background if you're watching the video version of it. But Jey Uso versus Roman Reigns was, we spoke about it on the marks, was a brilliant example of storytelling and wrestling. Absolutely tremendous from the beatdown Roman gave, from constantly beating down. The talking in the ring was exceptional. You know, you could hear everything. Um, to Jimmy coming down, the towel going in, and then finally, the, you know, the, the, the flowers being put upon Roman Reigns as the now 
christened tribal chief. I thought it was an exceptional bit of storytelling and it's something that has been missing from the WWE for some time now. And I really, we were speaking about it with Rab and Grado on, on the main programme. The storytelling was, you know, unbelievable. And it was a great storytelling. We talked about it as well, comparing it's been comparisons between the Dusty, Dustin and Cody match. It was it was one of the best storytelling matches I've seen in WWE in a long time. And it was definitely my match of the month. See, I'm, I'm actually all for that. I think the emotion that that match drove... Yeah, you'll be hard-pressed to find a match that will drive more emotion out of the audience this month, this month than that. Gary, any rebuttals on that? I'm going to try. I'm going to try. So for a little second there, I thought we were going to have the first agreement, which is kind of annoying because I'm also going for Clash of Champions. For me, I kind of disagree. We spoke on the Marks podcast where I was like, this is, you know, for me, almost Cody Dustin level because of the talking in the ring, because of the relationship that the two have got, because of just the way, you know, it wasn't the most technical match, but it was brutal in the ways it had to be and the storytelling was great. That being said, it falls a wee bit short for me. I was going to annoy everybody here and choose Eric Young winning the Impact World Championship. <laughs> I'm not going to, because I know that I'm in a, a losing fight if I do that. But there's a few that are worth noting, I think, across the board. For me, you know, I think you're never going to hear me talking much about tag team matches, but there's been a load in AEW. Surprisingly, though, for me, the AEW match that stood out was Moxley versus MGF. I thought that was absolutely brilliant, but kind of suffered by being at the end of a, a very long pay-per-view. Um, however, I'm, I'm going back to Clash of Champions as well, which is only a few days ago, but it has to be the ladder match for me. That Intercontinental Championship ladder match is one that I'll go back and watch. I actually think I'll, I should have went back to watch it earlier this week, but I'm definitely going to watch it again over the weekend. Everything about it was great. I always moan about triple threat matches because I think they're very clunky and disjointed. Um, the one that changed my mind was a few years ago that I always talk about that uh, Lesnar, Rollins, Cena match. And that kind of changed my perspective on triple threat matches. But this one, you know, a triple threat ladder match for a start is you're going to expect some things to happen that are a bit messy looking. Of course, that did happen. It's just the way wrestling matches go. But overall, the storytelling was great. We spoke about evoking emotions. That, you know, the stretched ear segment, like that, that we kind of, anything to do with a stretched ear. It's the most simple thing ever. I've had my ears stretched, you know, I know how easy it is to just put something through it as long as it fits. But that being said, on TV, it still portrays a really, really weird, vicious, brutal kind of, like, image, even though it's, it's not. It, it portrays that and just the fact that, you know, having those three guys together, Clash of Champions, that was the Clash of Champions. We've we seen, you know, Asuka Bailey kind of go at it, but that was the Clash of Champions because you had Jeff Hardy, the legitimate champion, I guess, in terms of WWE's eyes. You had Sami Zayn, who didn't lose the title. He is still the champion in his eyes. And then you had AJ Styles, who's the full reason the championship stayed prestigious through this time. So for me, that was the Clash of Champions. It was a brilliant ladder match, brilliant triple threat match. And I think all three men played their part beautifully. And it leads on, you know, it's not the kind of match that I think is the end. I think we're going to get more of that going forward. And I just think it was brilliant. So, John, he's counted your match that was all about storytelling with another match that was, annoyingly for you, also all about storytelling. <laughs> it was. It was. I was. And there was also a little bit more technical prowess went on in that match, I'd say. A little bit more impressive in terms of spots and caliber. And yes, caliber of spots. Yeah, I mean, there was, I mean, I, I, you have to admit, as in terms of a wrestling match, 
you know, if you're looking at the technical aspects of it. Though we did see Roman Names doing the Rough Rider, which was out of the locker. <laughs> uh, could, could, I was like, the commentators even made a big thing about it. But, you know, if you're looking, for, if you are looking for, I guess, a more technical aspect, you know, that is probably the match. But in terms of the story, if you're looking for that storytelling match, Roman Reigns and Jay was far superior to, to the story that got told in the ring, I would say, in my humble opinion. Okay. I like both your arguments. Right. Let's get a quick, let's see what the listeners had to say and we'll come back and we'll decide our best match of the month. So there's a couple of suggestions here for a big one for AEW that the two of you missed, which was the street fight between Santana and Ortiz oh, and the best yeah. friends. Which again, I thought it was a bit, yeah, that was a five-star Meltzer match as well. Yeah, and you could argue the storytelling there and it had a lot going into it as well. We're so. fighting over a fucking minivan now, Alex, come on. <laughs> <laughs> Mate, Sue deserved a new minivan and that's the most important thing and you leave her out of this. Um, yeah, See, like that's I mean, the thing you're never going to get. Like, I'm probably going to be hard pushed to ever mention a tag team match on here because I'm not massive on tag team wrestling, but that match was phenomenal. So I can't really argue. So I mean, the, the listeners are, are they've definitely got a little bit of a love for the Santana and Ortiz match, and they've also got a little bit of love for the ladder match, but they have less love for the Roman Reigns Jey Uso match. I think Reigns might come back up in the next couple of rounds. But I think for the sake of fairness and the fact that, well, I'm probably going to be known to be biased to AEW is that I'm actually going to do the unsurprising thing and I'm going to give it to the ladder match at the start of Clash of Champions. Oh. Let's give it the WWE boys because <laughs> One now. the double story, the, the, the handcuffs, the double belts, I liked it all. And you've got a bit of wrestler back up there, Gary. So I'm all for it. But don't worry, John. I'm sure Roman Reigns versus Jey Uso will come up. Jeff Hardy deserves it for having to carry a ladder with his ear. I think that. <laughs> I hope he disinfected that ladder as well. I mean, because technically, is that an open wound he's got in the ear? Uh, half and so, half. But let's not get into that on a, it's not a medical paper uh, podcast. So we'll leave that to, for people to discover themselves. So that's 1-0 to Gary moving forward. I'm not sure if we're scoring this or it's going to get competitive, but hell, let's score it anyway. Damn right, it's getting competitive. <laughs> okay, woohoo! After John's yeah, fantasy gonna... book in Ireland the past few weeks, of course it's competitive. <laughs> <laughs> so if one of the listeners out there, if anyone wants to suggest some good forfeits for these two for the loser, that'd be much appreciated. Um, on to round <laughs> two. Hold on, a Hold on a minute, where's that come from? <laughs> Yes, give the people what they want. <laughs> so moving on, we'll stick on the topic of matches. So on to the worst match. Gary, we will start off with yourself. I was going to cheat and just say everything we've seen on Raw. <laughs> but um, I decided not to because I thought that was a bit harsh. I, um, no, for me, and again, th- this is annoying because I wanted to choose an AEW match for my best match to counter this, but I couldn't. Um, for me, it's Matt Hardy, Sammy Guevara. Mm. Uh, it needs to be I, I know that it's not the worst match in terms of you know both people going in there trying to put on a good match which I, I know they did but it wasn't for lack of trying it was obviously things that happened within the match that made it a terrible match but no match has taken me out of a pay-per-view out of an event and made me really angry uh, and frustrated than that match over the past about 10 years, I'd say, or maybe even longer than that. That match for me killed the pay-per-view. So if it's going to make me hate a Thunder... Well, I didn't hate the match, but if it's going to make me not pay attention to Thunder Rosa against uh, 
Hikaru Shida, then I'm going to be needing to bury that match. That's definitely the worst match I've seen this month and probably over the past 30 years. So, <laughs> I think that's going to be an impossible one to top this month, just from the sheer ramifications that match had with the rest of the card and everything else that went on. Yeah. It was just too much, really, wasn't it? It was just way too much. But John, I, do you have any I would, I would argue, I mean, it didn't get... There was, it wasn't really a match, so was it? It wasn't. <laughs> oh, <come on. laughs> but was it even continued if they threw if they kept stopping the X get thrown up? It might have not been a match, but it had a no. It started. There was music and there was a golf club, yeah. golf fan very yeah. aggressively driven at Matt Hardy. But let's look at the spots that were all, you know, there was some, I mean, let's take out the fact that, you know, Matt Hardy got concussed, right? And that, that was a horrible spot. Everything up until... Uh, maybe it didn't, maybe it didn't. Come on, let's... <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Our reports say that... You know, well, we all know what happened. But, you know, the spots that he did... So just say that Matt Hardy, like, the match all progressed, and we, let's just take out the fact that Matt Hardy wasn't concussed. It was actually okay. I mean, they had that big spot at the end, even if Matt Hardy was concussed. But if he wasn't... The safest spot in all of wrestling history. If he wasn't concussed, that was all right. It was a big spot, so... I mean, a mandible claw might beg to differ, but... <laughs> I don't think you could consider it as the worst match. However, for my worst match of the month, I would like to nominate Raw Underground as a whole. And do you know where I stand on Raw Underground? Because... Why is it on a wrestling show? Because, you know, if we are led to believe that these matches that only last 10 seconds before Shane McMahon runs in and breaks up, go, oh, that's enough, that's enough, whoa, 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 and all that sort of stuff, on a wrestling show, which is meant to be completely kayfabe, um, and then we have this, so if you get punched in Raw Underground, it means when you get punched in the ring, it's just, you know, it's, Completely different getting punched down in the wrong underground as opposed to getting punched in the ring or getting some, you know, some mission move put on in the ring where you, you know, you can you crawl to the ropes or whatever. That's why raw underground, and I've argued this from the day one. It is completely shite, and it's any match. Oh, come on, any match that goes on raw underground completely breaks the kayfabe of what's going on above it in the main arena. Ah, so you're trying to argue that Raw Underground is actually more damaging for kayfabe than Matt Hardy versus Sammy Guevara <laughs> was for all life. That's the, your argument here. That is pretty much it. Absolutely. Also, so these are the words of a man that didn't see uh, Dolph Ziggler versus Arturo Ruiz. That's all I'm saying. That is oh, a match. <laughs> yeah, I think like there has been one or two quite good Raw Underground matches. That's the only thing I can say. Like, oh, the last, that's what's kind of swinging it here. Like I, I, had, I had most of Raw like on my list of ones just so I could kind of have a, an area of comparison in my head. I've got Hardy Guevara, Cassidy Jericho, and then half of Raw Underground. So not all of Raw Underground, half of Raw Underground. You can't so I'm, I'm, I'm iffy on that, John. The I'm iffy thing. on that. I think you've been a bit unfair on Dolph Ziggler here. No, the whole thing just, I mean, fair enough, you know, they're obviously, they get in there, they can show off their kind of wrestling press, but it just spits on the actual proper product. It really just shits on it. The whole thing just shits on what we've come to see because it just, you know, you're meant to be in this era of disbelief and, you know, as marks, you know, you know, for example, you're, you're a 10 year old kid or whatever, and you're watching what goes on the ring and then you're watching, because we were all temple, we started watching wrestling, what have you, you watch what happens in the ring and then your kid turns to you and goes, well, why, is, why are they able to beat them up in that arena as opposed to not that one, dad? What do you answer to that? It's like it's like Santa Claus. It's like going. You know, I, it's fake, son. <laughs> no. Is this is this a real life story, John? Because that's quite no. interesting. If it is actually, 
No, but it, it could happen. It could happen because if you're sitting there with your kid, you watch, you're watching it. You know, we're in our 20s, 30s, and nearly 40s um, watching this. And if you were sitting there with a kid and watching this raw underground happen, and then you turn to go, why, why can he knock him out with a punch in, in that ring and he can't knock him out with a punch in the, 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 the main ring? What this actually, might be me not being a dad in any way and not really knowing about kids, but I think a 10-year-old kid would just be like, this is brilliant. <laughs> I think they would just be like, oh, amazing violence. <laughs> <laughs> well, there's probably that bit of it as well, <laughs> Gary. But um, no, I think, I think it really shits on wrestling, raw, uh, raw on the ground, and that's why every match, I think, has got to go up as, as okay. the worst match this month. Wouldn't lie, yeah, lads, I'm, 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 You're starting to convince me, so I'm going to stop you there before you <laughs> convince me anymore. <laughs> One of my favourite listener suggestions this week was Lit Wrestling Daft's very favourite, Mr. Bronze Cello, whose worst match is Street Profits versus Angel Garza and Andrade. <laughs> and do you wonder <laughs> why the raw ratings are so bad every week? And a little, I've got a lot of respect for Stephen Ross here as well. Ivelisse, because his reasoning is great, if you can't have a good match with Thunder Rosa, you're hopeless. <laughs> so, and th- that match is the kind of thing that that fumbles. What what John said about um, exposing the business. Yeah, <laughs> Eva exposed the business a lot and quite a few things she's done over the past few weeks. Um, but I I keep saying it. I like mentioning it that the last time I seen her, or the only time I've seen her live, was wrestling in Govan in front of about a hundred kids at the same show as Ravi Davy was. So <laughs> that's amazing. Well, I think she might be getting some lit nominations later on, really, Mike. <laughs> um, so, uh, you see, John, I'm really sorry, but I'm going to have to give this one to Matt Hardy versus Sammy Guevara only because I- I've really felt that one myself a lot more. I haven't seen, like, Raw Underground hasn't had the ability to make me not want to continue watching a pay-per-view anymore. And I think it's really flattened the AEW hype train at that point. So. It's going to be 2-0, Mr. Cassidy. There's a, there's a mountain to climb, John. There's a right. mountain to climb, but I have faith. You can come back. You can come back. The listeners haven't got off the mark yet either, so that's fine. I'm fine with that. I'm fine with that. Oh, soon they forget some of them. have got some new Japan calls here, mate. So, oh, um, no. They know where they play the game. Oh, well, you see, Daniel, Daniel Hubble did have down um, a couple of G1 matches, but he had Naito versus Zack Sabre, and I'm of the opinion the best G1 match so far has been Jay White versus Kota Ibushi, so if he'd agreed with me, he'd have got the win. <laughs> but moving on, round number three, the best moment of September 2020. John, we'll start off with you this time. Um, so my best moment... Now, I was going through my list, you know, and I've had Reigns versus Jay's best match. Well, Reigns might appear in my list a bit later on as well. I was kind of going through what have been the great moments of this one. And then I looked through all my, my, my kind of selection. I thought, I've not got anything really in from NXT. So I'm going to go for the best moment of the last month. Breeze Angle winning the tag titles on NXT. You know how much I love Breeze Angle. And the whole, uh, the fact, you know, they beat Imperium, you know, they went over Imperium, which is great. The posing at the end, they're just the feel-good factor that what Breeze Angle brings to the product, that fun factor, which is sometimes gets missed a lot from the likes of NXT, AEW, NXT UK. They don't have that little bit of fun really in the programming. It's all a bit too serious. That's why, you know, bringing someone like Breeze Angle and putting the titles on it, reintroducing, you know, 
um, Fandango as Sherlock Holmes the other week there and, you know, putting together this hodgepodge tag thing. And more of that and just bringing back more of the fun to wrestling because I think it's something that we're really missing in this day and age with AEW, with NXT, with NXT UK. It all takes itself too seriously. So I think Breezango winning those titles and running with those titles in NXT, uh, hopefully for, for a little while, just brings the fun factor back into wrestling. So Breeze, I appreciate that. I really appreciate that. And correct me if I'm wrong, but that's also Tyler Breeze's first strap in the company. Am I not? Am I correct in thinking? Yeah, you are. Oh, yeah, I think so. You are right. You're absolutely right. You're absolutely right. And for a guy who's been there, you know. He's a staple. He's the people call Sammy Zayn of early NXT. I would argue that Tyler Breeze I don't know if, was 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 important as Sami Zayn. I don't know if any of you guys so. watched Breaking Ground that came out. Yeah. Uh, it was like five or six years ago. But on that, Tyler Breeze was essentially seen as being like the, like you said, the totem pole at NXT. It was the guy that was there, the guy that was seen as, you know, if you bring in somebody to have a, a good match, then he's like, I mean, did they not compete against Jush and Thunder Liger? Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, I mean, I don't want to back up John's point, actually, so I'm going to stop talking. <laughs> it's the Funaki of NXT, is what we're saying. Yeah, yeah, like it's, I think that one really carries, like we were talking earlier about the emotion that these wrestling storylines can carry, and that one, I think you've got to be quite attached to early NXT for that one to have that level of emotion, but you hit a personal point to me there, John. Yeah, yeah. I like it. Mr. Cassidy. I'm going to take the loss here and put it one that's going to be controversial, but I loved it. And it was Miro debuting in AEW. Uh, for me, just because, you know, it was one of those things. He was playing the game. He's going, oh, I'm a professional Twitch gamer now. Done with wrestling. But the fact that he debuted... Uh, fair enough, it could have been better. I don't want to say that it was the perfect debut because it wasn't. Uh, you know, a lot of people are wondering about the storyline, moaning about his lovely Mickey Mouse t-shirt. But for me, just the fact that we had that massive moment, I didn't expect it. I thought AEW were going to throw us maybe a, I don't know, I thought they were going to maybe give us something equivalent to, like, maybe a Will Hobbs level talent. Somebody everybody loves, but it's you know, not going to resonate out with wrestling fans that watch AEW. They gave us the biggest name they possibly could. I don't think you could give a bigger name than Miro or Rusev at that point. I think he was the needle shifting talent. That was the moment that for me, as soon as that happened, I was like, right, if you give me NXT or AEW going forward, I'm probably going to watch AEW because I want to see talent where he's been in WWE for 10 years, a blank canvas, and he's got the confidence in himself to walk out there in his Mickey Mouse t-shirt and pajama bottom looking, uh, things that cost $650, mind. Uh, Gucci, pajama yeah, looking, you know, yeah. Just complete confidence goes out there, knows his value, knows his worth, and knows that he is a talent that, you know, I can debut in a best man style thing alongside Kip Sabian because I'm the man, and I'm going to be the best man in AEW. So for me, I don't care if I lose, I have to back up Rusev. <laughs> I like it, I like it. But I think Rusev's, this is the worrying thing, I think that the week after that is probably going to end up in some of people's more negative yes. comments from this match, I think, <laughs> yeah. unfortunately. I've got a couple of interesting ones from the listeners. This one I think would be the most controversial. So from Steve McLernan, the best moment, the rise of the Dark Order. 
which is not yeah, something that, I expected. That's that actually a good shout. Aye, I don't know. Yeah, if yeah. it specifically means the end point of the Cody Bode match. Yeah. Yeah, at five years, that's probably better than my moment. Actually, I should have swapped my answer there. <laughs> well, I'm gonna I'm gonna throw a fan one in here because I really like Scott Kirkwood's one. Right, the full myst the full Mysterio family beating down Murphy with kendo sticks in hand, just good old fashioned family bonding. I mean, that's that that was quite a good moment, and I think that was kind of gave Dominic this really kind of rub over the edge, which I quite liked as well. But. And there's a couple more. There's a couple of mentions of Roman and Paul, but I think Roman's going to get a nomination for maybe the next round. I think so. We're going to we're going to ignore Roman and Paul for this round. And producer Mac touched my heart there. I've got to give it to Tyler Breeze's first first WWE title win. I think Yay. I talked myself into that one. I think more than anything else, more than you did. But I think I talked myself into it as well. In all honesty, so <laughs> I think there was a bit of an agreement there, and I think as well that was something that maybe flew under everyone's radar a little bit too. Maybe. Yep. Yeah. But, but what can we do? And like, I'm surprised no one came up with Cody's big return or anything like that. But when you return with such a bad die job. No one's really ah, the hell I influenced that one for me, definitely. Yeah, yeah. It wasn't exactly a big return as well. He'd only been off telly for a month or something, you know? I thought he was going to be away for longer. I'm kind of disappointed yeah. he wasn't. As much as I'm happy to see him back, I think they could have stretched out for a bit longer. But, yep. Corona, way! <laughs> so, moving on around number four. The flip side of your best moments. Your worst moments of 2020. Mr. Cassidy, would you like to start us off with something Mr. Mack will argue for to save yourself the time? Um, I, I was going to go with something retribution related, but I'm not. Because we have spoke about it earlier. The Evil East stuff for me. Particularly, I mean, she'd done two, two kind of major ones. One was in a tag team match where it was, you know, getting in the ring out of the ring, not really knowing what she was doing. But the Thunder Rosa thing, you know, the Thunder Rosa having to shoot, pull her arm back, her kind of not really doing anything with it. That, for me, is, I don't want to say it's the worst thing you can do in the ring, because it's obviously no, like, New Jack would, uh, would argue with me there that it's not the worst <laughs> thing you can do in the ring. Oh, but, but, but New Jack argues with cocaine, so he wins <laughs> every argument. It's different. Like, in, in terms of, like, not brutalising your opponent with a weapon or, like, properly shooting on them, I think... That level of exposing the business for me is about the worst thing you can see in wrestling, and particularly when there's so much focus on AEW's women's division and so much criticism about it. Having that happen in the ring for me, it was just like that. That will take me out of a match, you know. Obviously, we all know wrestling's predetermined. I'm no ruining anything there by saying that, but we still want to suspend our disbelief at least for the purpose of a match, or not even suspend your disbelief, but at least see some kind of attempt to make it look legitimate. That done the opposite. That that seemed, I don't know if it was deliberately trying to make it look bad or if it was just, you know, subconscious that she was annoyed in doing it, but that for me was like one of the worst things I've seen. Now, the one thing I will say, say here, Gary, is that that sounded to me like an argument for why she would either have been in the worst match or would be the worst wrestler of the month, but doesn't really sound like an argument of why she would be the worst uh, moment of the month. No, well, I, I suppose my moment was picking up that one, um, the thing that's been gifted so much with it, like, oh. was I pulling her arm back and then her kind of, then that, like, really, like, nonchalant. We will call it the gif moment then. So, like, yeah. It was almost my worst match, but I decided to relegate it to worst moment for that one moment. <laughs> so, 
because it doesn't really deserve that kind of credit, really, does it? Nah. Um, I'm genuinely surprised at how badly she's taken this roster debut. And, like, you'd think that someone in her position, having come up with her and Diamante, they seem to have got, like, a really big push out of nowhere, got television time. You think you'd be jumping for joy at that. You don't think you'd be reacting the way that she's been in the ring for the last couple of weeks. I think it said a lot that AEW hired Ty Conte before they hired Eva Lise, who has loads more experience. Uh, and I know that there's a kind of different feel about both of them, and maybe it is a coincidence, but if you're going to hire somebody that had, you know, they had Eva Lise go further in the tournament, I think they won the tournament, did they not? Uh, yeah, they, yeah, still, they, they, yeah, they still didn't hire her at that point. They hired Tay Conte and then hired her after that. And I don't want to say it was the wrong decision or a bad decision because we don't know that yet. But <sighs> the amount of things that I've seen from her, I think, have detracted for AEW's. I don't want to say floundering women's division because there's a lot of good things about it. But for what people see online, a lot of people criticise it and that does not help. Yeah, and I think at the moment when it's noticeably noticeably sparse when they're bringing in the NWA female uh, women's champion as well, that they're obviously covering up cracks to have one yeah. of your plasters just tear itself off is not particularly ideal, is it? Love that analogy. <laughs> yeah. What have you got for us? Well, I think I'm going to go for... I, I had written down for my worst moment, I had written down... WWE's COVID protocols because oh come on <laughs> because like obviously we've had matches dropping off the of cards we've had NXT superstars being pulled out of events but I'm going to I'm going to see if I can find a, an easy tap in here uh, in football in terms and I've got to go for doing. well I've got to go for retribution if it's, <laughs> if Gary if Gary you know Gary didn't mention him but I've got to go for retribution as the worst <laughs> moment of the month. The unveiling of retribution, the story that's been told up to now, you know, they're meant to be, you know, we've seen this disrupting running smack down, then they turned to Raw and, you know, it was shitty just throwing bits of bricks through glass and stuff like that. And the the story was initially your interest is peaked and then suddenly from these guys in hoodies, we now have contracted WWE superstars with their own logo. You know, they could that, have, that makes even less sense. Yeah, <laughs> they could have done so much more. You know, you understand if you've got them coming in, they cause this chaos and you're thinking, oh, well, this could be something. But then we, we suddenly we've went from what could have been really interesting if it was retribution as stated. So it's all these superstars, as we spoke about, that have been scorned by the WWE and have come back to kind of take over Nexus kind of style. But now we're left with people that have been contracted that changed the names of said superstars to shitty things like Slapjack. Leave Slapjack alone. I knew you were going straight from a boy Slapjack. <laughs> yeah, well, you knew as the, the reckoning, all this sort of stuff. And we all know who they are. We all can see who they are. We all know their name because we all, we all know we've watched NXT. We can know that Mia Yim's got blue hair. You know, fair enough to die. Retaliation, retaliation. (laughs) That was the other thing. Why have they named the two women, the two, like they went on a thesaurus and typed in retribution and taken the first two words and then named that for the two women in the group? It doesn't make any sense. Annoyingly, I think reckoning and retaliation would be brilliant names for like a tag team like Authors of Pain or something like that. I think those are genuinely good names for like two big destroyer guys. But, I mean, they've taken these well-established superstars, maybe not so much in the worry of Dio Madden, but... 
they've taken. He's been on commentary. He's the one who's had the most main roster exposure. I'd actually argue that Dio Madden is the biggest of the five, only because of that. Oh, there you go. The Brock Lesnar um, F5. He's the only one that's taken an F5 for Brock. Because it's only like, I mean, we're big marks, so we watch NXT, but like a lot of the standard WWE audience don't. So they will have no idea who Dijakovic, yeah, yeah, many one is, but Dio Madden they will have seen and heard. Mm, potentially, but I mean the whole package, the way it's been done, the fact that they've came out and they've been get awarded contracts to stop the carnage, which there wasn't a lot of anyway, you know, and it's just you know these stupid masks, these stupid names. Their their Twitter game is very good. I have to say their Twitter game is excellent, but everything else that surrounds it. And they fucking don't know where they're going with it. Let's face the facts. WWE have had no idea where they've gone from this from day one. And now they're stuck with this stupid faction who John Cena will come down at some point and completely and utterly bury on his own. own. The Bane mask, the stupid voice from Dijakovic. I feel really sorry for the guys that have been put in these positions, especially Dijakovic, who's a really, we've talked, I've talked about him before, great, great wrestler really good in the ring can do anything just maybe missing that little bit of extra edge and this just is just missing that being mask, mask is it, is it? <laughs> <laughs> this is not it this is not it wwe stupid just really just stupid so retribution worst moment of the unveiling of retribution just terrible absolutely terrible my favorite thing that you said there was now let's face it, WWE do not know where they're going for this. I think we faced that about two months ago yep. when we first saw them, <laughs> did we not? So Yeah. I think I mean I'll throw in I'll throw in a good one from the listener. This is just another another one that's got me personally is it's good old Scott Kirkwood. His worst moment was finding out that Ricky Stark's Rochambeau finisher wasn't actually a kick in the balls. See, I do like that one, but it's it's really hard to look anything above that retribution nonsense, isn't it? Like, I know it's maybe not. A I, I, I cut my nose off to spite my face there severely because I knew that was the one to go for, and I still didn't go for it because I'm like, and you could have cut him off at the pass. Oh, I'm holding it a wee bit of hope that it's going to work out. I can't see it happening, but I'm holding it a wee tiny bit of hope because of how good they are on Twitter. <laughs> Let's just hope that that personality can translate into the ring, but yeah, we'll see. We'll see. So moving on, this is this, I I think I've, so it's two all, yes, we're at two all, so um, now we'll do a quick, we'll do a recap at the end, we'll do a recap at the end, so we'll move on to the best personality, I'm going to switch it around this time, because John, you've got to start with all the best so far, so Gary, who's been your best personality of September 2020? Oh, this is a tough one, because there's been a couple for me, but, I've got a list of like five sitting in front of me that I don't think I could pick with. I'm struggling to choose between two and they were both involved in the same feud. I'm going to go with Jey Uso. Uh, the easy answer, I think, was Roman Reigns and that's the one I wanted to go with, but I think I need to go with Jey Uso. Um, purely because before this month, I don't know how much we knew about Jey Uso. Even between the two Uso twins, it was probably the least known. You know, we knew more about Jimmy because he's part of uh, Total Divas or was part of it. Um, I know that neither of them have had a, a singles run before then, but we probably knew a bit more about Jimmy. I think they've always been known as the best tag team, you know, in WWE, maybe with the exception of New Day, who are a three-man team. So I guess you would say the best two-man team has probably been the Usos for the past decade. Brilliant in the ring. 
good on the mic, you know, they are definitely good promos, but we still didn't know anything about them, apart from the various DUI things that have came out. And they like uh, penitentiaries. Yes, yes, um, both on screen and off. But in saying that, I think we've found out so much more about Jey Uso in the past, maybe even the past three weeks, I don't even think it's extended to the month, but even in the past week, I think, has been enough in terms of what we would find out about someone over a month, we've found out more in the space of a week than we would in a month. For me, Jey Uso, the promos he's cut, the storytelling in the ring as a singles competitor, which I think has got to be foreign territory for him, you know, the fact he's adapted so well to that, because we always hear about how much easier it is to do a tag team match, because you've got to do like half the work, mainly just your your timing and cooperation, all the things you need to work on. We found out a lot more about him doing that. That promo that he cut in terms of, um, you know, when people look at me, they ask, which one are you? That one, I was just like, oh man, you've got me there. Everything they've done to put over Roman Reigns, more than Reigns was already over. I think in getting Reigns over as a heel, Jey Uso has played a big part. And the biggest thing about this for me, the, the point I would finish on in terms of him coming across as a personality, I'm going to be kind of annoyed when Jey Uso goes back to being a tag team competitor because I feel like it's going to dilute the stuff that we already know about him now. I really hope they continue a storyline with him and Roman Reigns. And before this month, man, I could not care less about Jey Uso. Uh, if, you, if you told me Clash of Champions was going to be Roman Reigns versus Jey Uso, I'd have been like, toilet break match, not going to be an event. I'm not going to I care. Think that's exactly what we were all thinking the minute that got announced. Let's yep. be honest. And then now looking back at it, you know, John said it was his match of the month. It was definitely up there for me. And I really hope we see more of Jey Uso on the mic, in the ring, as a singles competitor. So for me, definitely personality of the month. I think that's a very good shout. The only issue I think I'm going to have with that is I think that he's going to be overshadowed by the other half of the feud. Because I think that Roman could have had an, like an intense feud like that with a number of people on the roster. But Jay could only have that with two people, either yeah. Roman or Jimmy. <laughs> Really, isn't it? So it's on any of the three. Well, I'm, 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 I'm kind of unsold, and I know, <laughs> and I know that we have a wealth of listeners suggesting a certain Mr. Roman Reigns, and I'm about to pass this over to Mr. McAnally, and I think I know who he's probably going to suggest. I've, I've, I've got to go for Roman. I oh, no, he, he, he just saw the easy Gary. win, Gary. <laughs> I'm sorry, Gary. I've got to go for Roman. I can't look. I, you know, I had a few people written down as well. I thought Randy Orton's been exceptional, absolutely exceptional um, in what he's done this month. So he just missed out. Because his standards are too high that he's a he's a downfall of his own good work. I think, work the night, I think dressing up as a Janney and wearing night goggles maybe <laughs> lost it for me uh, from from Monday night on Raw. But I've got to go for Reigns. How I can't? You've just got to go for Reigns because the only reason that Jay is up where he is at is because of what Reigns did for Jay. And that's the only reason he's been elevated. Because if Jay went into the ring with any other person but Reigns. It wouldn't, it wouldn't, it wouldn't have worked. It wouldn't have worked at all. So that's why, for me, Reigns has to go over his heel work. You know, we were all uh, on the marks saying, "Is he a heel? Isn't he a heel?" There was arguments saying, "Oh, he's just going to end up." I believe what what was said was that I said he was a heel, and you two said, <laughs> "Yeah, yeah, yeah that, this is this is true." I was just clarifying that. There, yeah. guy, well, oh no, it'll just be a tweener. It'll just, just a grey area. Come on, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's pretty yeah, black but, and white. I'd say now, come October, as soon as that. Announcement was made for him fighting Jay. We all knew where it was going. This is the big heel moment for him, and it was, you know, this the coming down. Um, you know, that was the month before, obviously, when he he came down, just signed the contract when it was uh, for the triple threat. Um, 
that was great. It's, that know, doesn't count. That was I last know, month. I know, but the build to it, you know, the, the alignment with Heyman, with every, you know, the, the promo, the, the, the tribal chief stuff's been brilliant. The fact he's lost his vest and now we're seeing the brute that is Roman Reigns, tattoos and all in that ring. It's talking in the ring. You know, the fact that he can go on the mic and act that heel way, you know, and get over with that heel way, he's going to end up getting over as a heel as opposed to when he was as a, as a face, you know, and he's just been exceptional in that role. I, I, he's, you know, you, you think, will it work? Will it work? A few people will question it. By God, with Heyman at his side and with everything that he's doing, this Tribal Chief stuff is going over and I can't wait to see where it goes. And do you know what's going to happen? And I'll tell you right now, the foil for uh, Roman will be Big E. And I think Big E will get put over as a face by Roman. I think this could be a WrestleMania match, Big E versus Roman right now. He'll be, if it isn't the Rock, if it isn't the Rock, which could be obviously a fight for being the tribal chief, which would be absolute fucking money. Um, I think Roman could put Big E as, over as one of the biggest faces in the business. I like that. And I like the way you've just went and combined Fantasy Booking Island with the Daffy <laughs> Awards, John. 10 points. Now, before we get to the results of round five, I have a couple of honorable mentions. A couple of listeners agree with me. Mr. Stephen Roche here, he's pointed out someone who's flown under everyone's radar. Eddie Kingston has been phenomenal this month in terms oh, of promo. Yeah. I mean, it maybe wasn't the best match against uh, Moxley in the main event of last week's Dynamite, but at the same time, that match was thrown together at the last minute. It wasn't something new. Another big honourable mention for me is also Thunder Rosa, who's also been terrific in the ring and has elevated the entire AEW female yeah. division. Good show. And I'm always going to throw Jay White in here, but we all know that everyone's listening to me when I say that. <laughs> and also, another one I've got written down here is Finn Balor, who hasn't been mentioned this entire show, even though he won the NXT title at the start of this month. But He's no one I'd mention for personality, and I know that's maybe a bit mean, but for me, he's a lot better in the ring than on the mic. Well, by personality, I just mean, I meant kind of like wrestler backstage. It was more just a way to encompass anyone who's been Uh, the best wrestler of the month. But I think Finn Balor's stuff, and I said it, I think I said it on the March show, is that, you know, when he put, get him just in front of a camera, seeing the ring with a mic, on a mic in his hand, not great. But see, when you put him in that environment where it's just him talking to the camera. aye, aye. I I think it's... Deadpan Balor. Absolutely, yeah. Well, we'll come to the results. The results are round five, and I, I can't see it going any other way. Because if you made me take the Dave Meltzer star rating and give Roman Reigns a star rating for how I think this month has went to him, I'd give him a five star rating. And I don't think there's anyone else who's quite been that good. And I think it speaks volumes that every single person in the wrestling industry is sitting here talking so positively about Roman Reigns after the last four fucking years, really, isn't it? (laughs) This has to go, Roman. I have to give it to Roman. I have to give it to Roman. So is that producer Matt coming back with three in a row to swing this? Sadly, yes. Oh, oh, down back from 2-0 down, yes. And I've given the tap in. Two two own goals for me in the past two rounds as well. Uh, Just you think about this one, this one sensibly now. So we're going to move on to who has been the worst personality of the year. This is probably the most offensive ward we have of just who's the biggest shite bag in all of wrestling this month. So. 
Producer Mac, bring oh, us home. Damn it. Well, oh, no, you oh. went first last time. I can't <laughs> give you three firsts <laughs> I know, in I a know. row. I just hope he does the choose the same one. I would like to. I'd, I'd, I'd like to nominate someone, but if I nominate them and for the reasons, we'll get into tremendous legal problems. But just remember the name Joey Ryan. That's all I'll say. Ah. Um, but I don't want to go into that because of the legal issues that are involved. So I'm going to have to take and it's someone that's, I guess, not just for September, just for the whole last, oh, last year probably. Uh, just in particular in September, there was certain comments made about uh, Sunny Rose and certain other things said. It, JR has got to be my nominated. And it's, I, I hate saying it because he's the voice of wrestling. He's the voice of the Attitude Area. You know, he's the best commentator that probably that's ever been in terms of wrestling. You know, you could argue Garamon soon in there. You could argue... Shibani. You could argue a few people, but JR is the voice of wrestling for everyone out there. But just now, I mean, it's time, time to go. It's time to take the dog out and shoot it. Sorry, that's a terrible thing. Harsh, harsh. I can't believe you said that about good old JR. That's the point we all pussyfoot around every week. <laughs> You've just come straight out and said it. just so out of touch with what's going on in the world now. I don't know who's not, I don't know why AEW aren't smartening them up, why someone like Tony Khan's not taking them aside saying, listen, JR, you can't say this sort of stuff in this day and age. You really can't. You've got to smarten up on these things. He's just, you know, he, you know, God bless him. He's been through some terrible moments in his life, some really bad health issues. But, he's, you know, he's made his money. And for me, it's a horrible thing to say. It's time to hang up the headphones and the mic and let someone else step into that breach because he's just so off the pace. It's, it's time to move to more of a trap backstage transition role. For AEW, for a show that's obviously a very contemporary wrestling show, very, you know, for the modern age type of wrestling show, JR, as much as I, we all love him, it, it's time to go, you know, and the comments on, on Sunny Kiss, sorry, um, nah. Just, just not for me. So yeah, it's got to be good old Jr. Sorry, Jr. It's it's a hard one to argue against, and I think with Jr. It's been a bit of a sorry realization. Like I think I was more of aware of it. I was more aware of it than most from hearing some of his previous New Japan commentary when he was very, very detached from the project from the product, and it it really hurt the English commentary side of it. And it's getting to the stage of starting to do that a little bit in AAW. Like, I can't remember the last week that went by in the Marks podcast where I didn't have an offhand comment about something stupid that JR said. Yeah. Present. yeah. It's hard to argue, but I'm gonna. <laughs> yes, here we go. Here we go. Your rebuttal, Mr. Cassidy. I'm not gonna stick up for JR because, you know, I keep saying it where for me, is he's the weak link on that commentary table. I'm not gonna argue with that whatsoever. I really like Excalibur. I really like Taz. I like Shivani. JR doesn't do it for me, but for me, there's something a bit more severe. And I would agree on the Joey Ryan thing, but I'm not going to go into depth on that either. For me, the one person that I think is probably maybe the most toxic wrestler in existence that I don't think has done anything majorly controversial, but says things that just make him seem like a complete idiot. Ryback. Uh, Ryback, for me, over the past month, 
has said the world would be a better place without Dave Meltzer and the world would be a better place without Vince McMahon. Then started arguing with people that said that he was essentially wishing death on them, which I think he is because if you're saying the world's going to be a better place without them, then you're kind of saying that you don't want them in the world and you kind of want them dead. Uh, he's also the most passive-aggressive man on social media ever. Anybody that says anything negative towards him, he will respond, say something really passive-aggressive that promotes his own brand, promotes himself, and then wishes them good luck and blocks them. But for me, he's just the kind of guy I don't want to see in wrestling ever again. I think it says a lot that we've not seen him sign with anywhere because I don't think anywhere wants to take that gamble on him. For me, in WWE, you get an unfair, you know, um, unfair kind of, I guess, short straw. He probably drew the short straw in terms of the fact that I think he was quite good in the ring. He got all those things about, you know, I botches a lot and all that. I think he was quite good in the ring. I think his look was phenomenal. I think he looks like he's in brilliant shape. I love the full feed me more thing, the, you know, knocking the head and saying stupid. Sadly, though, he is the one that's stupid because he's the person that is saying completely ridiculous comments online and... Everybody disagrees with even people that are, you know, critical of Vince McMahon and Dave Meltzer have been saying, right back, you've took that a wee bit too far. And then it just shoots on them as well. Uh, so for me, completely has to be Ryback. Annoyingly, the guy had me blocked and then he unblocked me. I don't know what I've done to get unblocked, but I kind of hope he blocks me again because I really can't stand the guy. <laughs> To share this podcast, we can clip that and just put it directly <laughs> on, on his Twitter and it'll yeah, be fine. Tag Ryback. Right I've never just, been a fan of Ryback. Right yeah, Gary's just like, you know, sticking up for his fellow mate Dave. That's why he's, he's trying to. Uh, <laughs> and Kenny. Kenny's got some heat with him as well. <laughs> yeah, there you go. So that's our third and fourth favorite wrestling journalist on this podcast. You just like him already, John. I need, to ask, so, uh, I need to ask Sean and Alex if they don't like uh, Ryback off your hands. <laughs> and I should point out, I owned a Ryback t-shirt at one point in time as well. So that's how much of a swing there's been in me uh, and my feelings on Ryback. I appreciate it. I appreciate that one as well, actually. <laughs> We've got some, it's a couple of interesting ones coming from the listeners. So there's a, there's a little bit of an agreement here from Scott and Stephen regarding that it's Will Ospreay for the reason that he is a dick, apparently, <laughs> which I think is currently being quite hard to dispute as much as I love him in the ring. The outside of the ring, certain questions have been asked. Um, Mr. Bronze Cello has suggested the worst wrestler of this month has been Miro, which is quite a contrast to uh, some previous comments that we've had. I think it's mainly for that in-ring debut that we had. I, I, used, to like, I used to like Bronze Cello. <laughs> <laughs> Gary causing all types of controversy, <laughs> but gentlemen, I'm really sorry, but neither of you win this round. Because oh. the winner, like Gary, you had it, you, you primed yourself up for this one earlier, but you've thrown it away. Because this one's going to Stephen Roche, because he's nominated Eva Lee. Because oh. she's unprofessional. Yeah. It was on my list. Make a good match <laughs> with Thunder Rosa. I said it than you earlier. I said this is this. She's more primed for a different award. She, and this was the one that I think she did. She get cut because she lost me the point earlier as well. Oh, she'd have got you this. Always oh, disappointing. <laughs> so that's three to John, two to Gary, and one to the listeners. Do the listeners get double points? I'm not really no. too sure. No. no. Right, Your favoritism, right. Alex, trying to get up to 70 followers there. Okay. <laughs> yeah, I'm close. I think I'm on like 66 or something <laughs> at the moment now. So excellent. I'm really giving back to my followers, you know, with all the content I produce on a daily basis. Um, well, we're going to have to go to the final round. Now, John's job was to get a final question from the listeners, but it appears that was forgotten about. And as such, I've prepared a final point to debate over, gentlemen. 
which company has had the best shows this month? Gary, I'm going to come to you first since you're the man behind playing for the tie. Oh, man, I'm going to cut off my nose to spite my face here again. And this is, this is the I'm point back. that I'm going to say legitimately back. argue no. You can legitimately <laughs> argue it. And... <laughs> No, Impact is in third place, firmly in third place, behind the top two. I feel like... top two? So the one that I should say is AEW, but I'm not going to say AEW. I think AEW have been phenomenal through the year, and I actually think the past month has not been their strongest month, despite the programming still being incredible. Um, So for me, it's got to be SmackDown. Uh, SmackDown has went for being the, the worst show, probably, in the wrestling week. Uh, I would say behind everything last year, you know, they done this thing, they streamlined the writing teams. We all thought SmackDown was going to be the one that would suffer, you know, uh, it would just be a, a second thought because it was already kind of rubbish. Raw's been good, SmackDown is not. Raw's going to continue being good, SmackDown will get worse. It's been the opposite. Raw's became, I wouldn't say unwatchable, but I mean, it's not something that I would voluntarily stay up and watch at 1am until 4am now. Smackdown has become unmissable. Uh, Smackdown for me on a Friday, even tomorrow I'm working at 7am. I'm staying up for Smackdown. Better believe I'm staying up for Smackdown because I don't want to wake up, check Twitter and get anything spoiled. Even tonight when they've not announced much, we know Roman Reigns is going to be on the show. They've said that Paul Heyman's going to officially crown him tribal chief. So for me, Smackdown without a doubt has been the best show this month. If we had Clash of Champions without SmackDown matches. It would have been terrible. Yeah. Uh, and, you know, the, the two best matches on SmackDown, I think one of the three best was a Raw match, but the two best matches on Clash of Champions were phenomenal and they were SmackDown matches. And the reason they were phenomenal was because they've been built up on SmackDown over the past month. So definitely SmackDown for me. I'm now a complete SmackDown mark. <laughs> you can do it every week from now on. <laughs> Um, I, it's hard. I, I, Alex, I, I would have to say, I, I'm going to have to argue against Gary. So SmackDown would have been my choice. Absolutely. <laughs> Can I just say New Japan and then get the point? <laughs> it depends. It's, it's all about how you argue at me. And yeah. you know, I would, I would like to count this goes. John, which New Japan show would you be referring to when you say that? <laughs> uh, right, no, no, no. I, I, I can't argue. Do you know what? I'd, I'd love to sit here and argue against Gary. And SmackDown by far this month has been the outstanding wrestling show on, on telly. AEW had a good return off the back of All Out. Um, I think it's had some good storytelling. Um, but the storytelling on SmackDown has been great. NXT, I think we've talked about, is stuck in a bit of a rut at the moment. Um, I'm hoping that can maybe get back and turn the corner soon, but it, it, it's, you can't argue against SmackDown. You really can't. There's, there's no other uh, wrestling show out there just now that's doing better business than SmackDown, unfortunately. I, I have to completely agree with it. I think this is the time we have to give SmackDown that award. Like I, don't, I think this has been a weak month of AEW. Raw's been pish. <laughs> NXT... As like, I mean, I've got a little bit bored of NXT. I did quite enjoyed the first episode of NXT UK I watched, but it's suffering from the lack of crowd situation, which I don't think it's quite, it'll take a couple of weeks for it to get over that. And like I have written down in my notes, SmackDown brackets would accept impact if Gary argues as well. <laughs> Damn it, I should, have, I should have went down that road. <laughs> It doesn't matter because you, that would have been a more risky choice. You took the sensible choice and round seven goes to Mr. Gary Cassidy. So 
we'll do a quick recap of everything that we've given out this evening, the scores that we've pulled down, and what we think has been the most noticeable and decent things that have happened in wrestling this month. So, our best match of the month had got to be the three-way ladder match at Class of Champions with Jeff Hardy versus the real Intercontinental Champion, Sami Zayn, versus the fake Intercontinental Champion, Jeff Hardy versus AJ Styles, even though I already said Jeff Hardy. <laughs> the worst match we had to give to Hardy versus Guevara for the injury-inducing pay-per-view ending farce it turned into. Our best moment... What did we give the best moment to? Didn't write. Rizango. Sorry? Rizango. Oh, Breeze Angle, of course. Yeah, I forgot you talked to me in a Tyler. Yes, Tyler Breeze deserves that one very, very heavily. Retribution, obviously, take the worst moment of the month because that's what they're there and designed to do. I never thought I'd say this, but the first, the inaugural Best Personality Award for the Wrestling Dafties goes to Mr. Roman Reigns. And I think it's impossible to argue against, personally. And our worst personality has got to be Miss Ivelisse for her horrific performances on Dynamite the last couple of weeks. And the show of the month, the now becoming legendary SmackDown. Who'd have fucking thought it? <laughs> so that was our picks, guys. Let you know. Let us know what you think of these picks. Where we got things completely wrong. Where we got things right on all of the normal Wrestling Daft social media channels. So get us on Wrestling Daft at Facebook, at Wrestling Daft on Twitter, Wrestling Daft Podcast on Instagram, Wrestling Daft on YouTube. And we're now twice a week with the odd occasional bonus show coming out to all you lovely, lovely Patreons. You can find a legitimate journalist in Mr. Gary Casty at... Wrestling Gary. I was really hoping when you gave the read of the Wrestling Daft um, social media accounts, you just said you can find everything that we do on Twitter at Thirsty Baboon. <laughs> and try and get <laughs> Starting to sound quite rehearsed now, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, if you, want to, if you want to follow someone who doesn't post anything, feel free to follow me at Thirsty Baboon and producer Mac over there will occasionally post from his personal account, but he is to pull back the curtain the man behind the wrestling daft Twitter that I'm sure everyone already knew. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so we've been the marks, and that was apparently all of the noteworthy events that happened in September. Audio Frontier. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered chumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, Mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. <laughs> The Chumba Life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Tax day is coming. Oh, no. But if you sign up for Robinhood Gold's IRA with a 3% match, you can get up to $195 for the 2023 tax year. Oh, yeah. Sign up at Robinhood.com slash boost by tax day to get the biggest contribution match on the market. Subscription fees apply. Investing involves risk. 3% match requires gold for one year from first match. Must keep IRA for five years. Robinhood Financial LLC, member SIPC.